Golden Spiral Media presents Chester's Mill Gazette, an Under the Dome podcast. Hey, Dome Heads, it's time. Doug and Karen are ready to deliver the latest issue of Chester's Mill Gazette and share their thoughts on this week's episode of Under the Dome. Are you ready? Here are your hosts, Doug and Karen. Welcome back and thanks for reading this issue of the Chester's Mill Gazette. I'm art critic Doug Payton. And I'm microfiche handler Karen Lindsay. We're hot off the presses with this issue for season two, episode four, Revelation. Wow, this is a big deal. <laughs> yeah, it was a revelation, wasn't it? It certainly was. It was a, quite a few revelations, yes. Yeah. Very well named. And uh, getting to the masthead, just a reminder, we are published by Golden Spiral Media at goldenspiralmedia.com slash dome. And this episode's writer was Alexandra McNally, and the director was Holly Dale. Mm. And wow, Girl she power. had a lot of fun with, uh, yes, that's true, uh, a lot of, both women there. Mm-hmm. And she had a she must have have had a fun time writing this episode. Yeah, lots of wackiness and campiness, and then some a little seriousness thrown in there too. Yeah, a lot of a lot of answers, and uh, maybe even some more questions. But let's get to our under the dome headlines today. Let's have the ratings again. And in ratings news, it's a little good news, a little bad news. Um, it was our series low at one, 1.5. Um, it was still about a little under 7 million. Um, and it won the time slot, but it was also only up against mistresses and it got a 1.0. So series low won the time slot. Yeah. And 7 million, well, like I said, but that six and three quarters, 7 million is not a slouch. No, it's not. It Again, it won the time slot. So, you know, can't complain too much. It just, you know, it's it, it's like any other show where it does a downturn a bit in the middle of the season. So, yeah, near the end, I can imagine this is going to start ramping up when the uh, action starts ramping up. I think the ratings are going to start ramping up as well. Most likely, just like last year. From WILM in Wilmington, North Carolina, which is where the series is filmed. Uh, speaking of filming, they've just finished filming the second season of Under the Dome. It wrapped production last weekend, and they've been filming for four months in there in Wilmington and surrounding areas. Uh, even though you know we're already into episode four now of uh, of the second season, they just finished wrapping it up. They're going to be editing it later on, and so just you know, very interesting bit of news that uh, this isn't all cleared up and uh, filmed and shot and in the can before they start showing it. They're, they are, are moving along with the production as the series starts. Awesome. And we have some information from San Diego Comic-Con. Mm, yes, the panel just aired this morning. And it was wonderful. Uh, one of the things that executive producer Neil Baer said about it was, no one is safe under the dome. Uh, he said that about whether more characters would die. We kept the body count down for the beginning of the season so we can rev it up towards the end, which means that our obituary section may get a little more populated later on. (laughs) 
There are no set rules, the executive producer also remarked about whether killed-off characters could come back. And I think we've talked about this a little bit before, where dying doesn't necessarily mean goodbye. Uh, We've seen other people come back as far as avatars that seem to be from the people who deal with the dome. So we'll at least see them, whether the actual person comes back. Well... Given this yeah. week's given this week's uh, uh, plot line, eh, they could come back actually. Right, and you know what the adage is with science fiction: if if their head isn't severed from their body, there's always a chance they can come back. It's the so, Highlander all over again. That's right, exactly right. So yeah, um, I'm guessing that Angie won't be back. Yeah, I mean, that would kind of that would kind of uh, lessen her murder. Right. I mean, and we pretty much saw her dead. Yeah, but we've seen the body. The monarch butterflies seem to believe she's dead. So I think that particular dead is, in fact, dead. Right. But, you know, we might see an avatar of her at some point. Now, you know. But as we have seen, Melanie, uh, but, you know, she was buried in a hole, which was a totally different thing. So that, yeah, that that brings back uh, brings up some very uh, interesting uh, possibilities for in, for the future. Mm-hmm. Well, for now, let us get to the front page and the episode discussion. Our headline this week: Pauline paints prophetic picture postcards. <laughs> and I, you did that very well without popping your pee. Well, I, you know, <laughs> windscreen on the mic. It's, is is nice to keep that from happening, but it gets a little wet. <laughs> Hang on. Dry it off there. Okay. Uh, for our ratings, I gave this episode nine mutated swine flu incubating eggs. I really liked the ramping up of the... Uh, there's not so much action, but there was a lot of uh, exposition. And not just telling the story, but also showing us some of the story, the backstory. And we're really getting more um, information about what is going on uh, with the different people. Not the mystery girl. Now we know who she is and what she possibly is. And we've we've filled out her story. We filled out a little bit more about Pauline. We've, you know, things like that. Um, So and we've advanced the story with uh, Big Jim and Rebecca. So. I thought that was really nice. I thought it was really good. It was a, a lot of. It seemed like they were cramming it in here to try to get that information in. But so I gave it a. I give it a nine. How about you, Karen? Yeah, I liked it as well. Um, so I give it eight point five. And the only reason it's a little lower than yours. Oh, mine was gratuitous flashbacks. <laughs> eight point five gratuitous flashbacks. The only reason mine is a little lower than yours is because I just can't stand Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and she's she got on my nerves in this last episode. So there was just too much of her in this last episode. Well, maybe that's the intention to get you uh, get upset at her. If you if you if you hate the characters you're supposed to hate, maybe that's a, a good thing, or maybe it's yeah. It, the only thing is that if she's making Big Jim look reasonable, <laughs> then I have to question <laughs> the. The rationality of that character. It takes so, something to make Big Jim look like the good guy. Right, exactly. So, yeah. Ah, I mean, he's already. sitting there at the desk pondering, you know, <laughs> what is she who they me? should kill. Exactly. So, 
Well, let's get to the top story, the A section. Uh, this is all about pigs and eggs and uh, culling of the herd. It looks like Jim is trying to figure out who's going to live or die. I, I guess he's there was two stacks there, or he was just going through them making mental notes? Just going through them. I didn't see two stacks. I thought that was what he was doing, but it looked like he was just turning them over or putting them aside or something. Um, and, of course, the first one we see is Joe. Yes. Um, and I'm assuming he is going to save Joe in the save pile. Let's hope that's not a uh, foreshadowing. Well, he's a hand, right? That's true. You have to assume that knowing that he's one of the hands, that he'd want to keep Joe, right? Uh, yes, but without Angie, I guess we'd need a, a replacement, I guess. Of course. Now, well, I, mean, I don't know if he does. He, does Big Jim know about the four hands because... Um, you know, if he really knew about the four hands, he'd know that they've all seen him with uh, an apparition of him with, you know, stab wounds. Mm, yeah. He knows about the mini dome or, you know, knew about it at least. I don't know that he's ever seen it. So maybe, yeah, he, he doesn't know about the hands, but uh, I, from what we saw of what went on, I don't know that he'd pick any of the kids. I can't imagine I can't imagine him doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he still seemed to have something of a conscience in that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was I mean, Re Rebecca trying to keep, you know, keep his spirits up. You know, this is for the good of the town kind of thing. But eh, I don't think spirits. he's. Spirits? Not his spirits. <laughs> well, I mean, just she was trying to, you know, she, he comes in feeling so down about having to go through this. And she, I, I, I got the impression she came in. She's trying to, you know, hey, you know, this is this is a good thing we're doing. You know, this is. This is for the good of us well, all, you know, the greater good. It's the good of me and you, essentially. Well, <laughs> yes, but that's how she's yeah, selling it. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, but And deciding who lives or dies is, um, is kind of a big decision. And Sam uh, had a little line uh, early in the episode where he talks about Big Jim always, has always had a God complex. And essentially that's the part he's playing in terms of saying, you know, you know, you win, you lose, you live, you die kind of thing. That's really a, that's really a God uh, uh, job. Yeah, but he's the one that's hesitating on that. And yeah, I think he, he wants to embrace that, but he's, he's seeing it reflected in Rebecca and he says it, you know, to himself, that is not that attractive. No, he's the, and, he's the reluctant, uh, the reluctant God, the reluctant savior. And if I may use a term that might be a little offensive, but I mean it in an offensive way, <laughs> she's she's a little Hitlery. No, a, she, a lot Hitlery. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can think about that. These are the weak people. These are the undesirables. You know, right. yeah, yeah, might yeah. As well just they're put... not the master race, as it were. Yeah, um, and it, it that's what bothers me about her, and. I don't know if they're trying to do an allegorical thing or uh, are they trying to put that in my brain? I don't know. And it's, it's not just a matter of letting the weak die. She's going out and actively trying to kill them. Right. You know, who they right. consider to be weak. So, yeah, I mean, I think the parallel really is there. Yeah, I, I'm i guessing it is. Cause it, hmm. And, you know, at the end of the episode, we find out where she's planning on doing it. And that's even worse. So, I mean, we'll get to that in a minute, but. Ooh, ooh. Yes. 
there was a line from uh, from Barbie that I liked. If this place runs out of food, let's hope we are not on the menu. Yeah. And that's I wonder if that's a little bit of force. I, I can't imagine them going there on a network, you know, TV show. Uh, but it's it's worth bringing up to uh, to at least uh, at least get the idea in the in the viewer's head that you know, and we, it things get things are desperate, and they could get even more desperate, and it could come to that. Uh, like I said, but it probably won't be just because, like I said, uh, network TV. But eh, it's interesting to bring that up. Hey, uh, didn't they have a, a documentary about the Donner Party at one point? Oh, or a live. Oh, uh, yeah. That movie about the plane crash? Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, that's true. No, I don't think they'd do it, but, you know. Oh, and they did it on Grey's Anatomy. Oh. They talked about it, at least. So, yeah, okay. Well, well they've, they've talked about it here now. They Yeah, they've gone there, so. <laughs> so the pigs are getting sick, and Rebecca sees this as a an opportunity. I guess it wasn't... It wasn't something she was playing. She had just been, I guess it's it's the fact that it happened so soon after the time that they're choosing who lives and who dies that it was just a sort of a fortuitous coincidence. I um, think it was happening before then, but she was like the only scientist uh, going around and talking to people. And it, I think it's what put it in her head that, oh, some of us might get sick from this. And, oh, well... We might run out of resources. You know, I think she was putting these puzzle pieces together. Oh, she may you have know. had this plan hatching, so to speak, uh, for a while now. <laughs> hatching. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I almost think, you know, hey, um, this farmer knows me. He called me over. His pigs are getting sick. Oh, well, that means some of our food supply might be, we might be losing some of our food supply. Oh, that's not good. Oh. You know, we might run out of resources and then, hey, we might need to call some of the herd. And what would be better than to kill off some of the people? Hmm. What would be better? <laughs> good. For the greater yeah. good. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, I kind of think that was a cyclical thing. At least that's what I got in my head from watching it. Mm -hmm. That she had been talking to him for a while about it. And then trying to figure this all out, Julie and Sam start to work more together uh, while Barbie is off with the uh, with the kids, trying to figure out the mystery girl. So mm -hmm. that that uh, that relationship starts to really form here, I believe, as they are you know thrown together for this uh, very you know desperate crisis. And uh, it kind of leads to what we see at the end, where uh, uh, where, where they they seem to be maybe. I mean, we've got another love triangle, so to speak, um, and this is possibly where it starts. Yeah, because she well, just met the guy yesterday or the day before. Let's hope it ends quickly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, the door slamming at the end. That was a bit of a a shock. I mean, I knew it was coming. Sometime. Yeah. Uh, because it was tumultuous to begin with. Because, yes. yeah. Uh, we had remarked on the fact that, hey, uh, it's only been a couple weeks. <laughs> and 
she couldn't have been that attached to him. And then, you know, all it took was this one thing. And mind you, it was a big thing. It was a big thing, yeah. Yeah. But I think Barbie is kind of understanding the seriousness of the situation a little better than Julia is. Now, I don't think that he is taking it to the extremes like Rebecca is. I think he's more in the camp of Big Jim, where he's saying we need to attack this, not by killing people, but by trying to figure out what to do. Yeah. And and if it comes to not having, not assuming that it's going to come to that or trying to make it come to that. Right. Um, you know, trying to get to a solution. Um, I don't think Big Jim really wants to take lives. Uh, you know, he said to Rebecca, I don't want to shake the tree which until is, I really have to. Which is really interesting considering his, his body count in season one. Right. But it's, he might, it's very he, high. He may have had something of a uh, of a change in heart, of a, uh, a kind of a turnaround with the whole sacrificing himself in the uh, in the first episode. An epiphany, episode. maybe? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, like I said, I think he might be seeing the unattractiveness of that bloodthirsty look in Rebecca's eyes. Yeah, yeah. He might be attracted to her, but he might not like what he's seeing in her. So I don't know. started out that, well, he, he enjoys the adoration, um, although... It looks like it may just be uh, a fake just to get him to do what he what she wants him to do. But uh, but having uh, all not taken that in and saying, oh, this is the, this is the kind of person I can like somebody who really likes me uh, as, a, you know, as a leader, as, a, you know, whatever. Then he turns around and sees yeah, maybe she's really pulling the strings here mm-hmm. at the end. You know, it, it really does look at you. Know, she fooled him and all that stuff. So, yeah, well, she's trying. To pull some strings. She's very trying. Yes, very trying. I agree. That's why I gave it a eight point five <laughs> because she's very trying. Um, Julie and Sam do a little snooping around and find a leaflet for a prayer meeting. Now, when I first saw that, when they first picked it up, I'm thinking to myself, "Is this that you know where she's faith and science and all this stuff?" But it just, it just, that seemed too obvious to me and it just didn't ring true. And I thought, and I, I was like, Hey, and I later on, I was like, I called that. I thought, yeah. man, I bet you that's more of a target than it is a uh, change of heart or a, a, a an ex- exploration of the spiritual side or something. Like that. Nah. Yeah. I gave, I gave you some mad props for that Monday night. So I felt good about that. Yeah, that just I've, for me, for someone who does not see these sorts of literary, you know, uh, smacks upside the head. Hey, you know, we're going to do this later on. This is going to be, you know, I, I miss a lot of those things. That's why you're on this show. <laughs> but I felt good that. Oh, all righty. Yeah, <laughs> I, caught, I caught one thing. That's that's the one I caught this week. I was very happy that you did that. So, yeah, she, she's trying to. um we 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 find we we go on this uh this uh manhunt and uh egg hunt a little more and uh find her actually trying to incubate the virus and when big jim finds out about it he's a little taken aback wasn't he yeah he wasn't happy about it uh, especially since it was the church i mean that's well i don't well, see i don't think he knew about that at the beginning when he when she's got the no, eggs i'm sure he didn't 
Yeah, when when she first he first sees her with the eggs, uh, he's a little just just in general, he's a little kind of uh, uh, unsure about that. And uh, although he gets convinced that he can do it at the at the diner, and mm-hmm. and have no problem had no problem with it, he was ready to do it. Yeah, because it it was to him it was God making the choice or the dome or whatever the higher being was. Um, he felt like it wasn't him making the choice. And I think it was ironic since Sam had said Big Jim's always had a God complex. He felt like he was leaving it in someone else's hands. So maybe he's not got the God complex, more of the prophet complex. Right. Uh, he was delivering the solution into someone else's hands. And... What Rebecca was doing was actually taking the solution and delivering it onto God's people mm. instead, right? I mean, that was that wasn't good. And and what they did early on too is to introduce a um, a likable a, a a religious character that you can you know that you wanted to um, you wanted to stay alive, Harriet. You know who she who had uh, uh, the baby. Um, early on when when mm-hmm. uh, Alice died. And so she's kind of the face of the prayer meeting. Right. So you know my complaint last week where we've we've got you know these crazies and all that stuff well here's one who's um here's one that's that's likable. Exactly. That isn't you know going nuts it's just just a just a religious person, you know, no big deal. Exactly. And uh, and so that I, I liked because it served the the plot to like I said give us the face of the churchgoers there the the face of that prayer meeting and and they bring her back you know when we uh, see her in the uh, in the church but what really turns Pauline around is the fact that she realizes this is going to be a little uh, more severe than I first thought. You met Rebecca, right? That's what I meant. <laughs> okay. I was going to say Pauline somewhere else. <laughs> okay, yeah, Rebecca. Yes, yeah, Rebecca, that yeah she... turned her around because she realized it was going to be a, more of a, a killer and maybe cull more of the herd than she anticipated. Right. Although, hmm, that was in front of people. And I, I have to wonder if she had just known about it and not been caught, would she have still done it? Well, I because I when when she heard that more of the pigs had died, it wasn't just the one yeah. that it was killing the stronger pigs. I would imagine she she notices that and and leaves. Oh, and she leaves before they catch her. Yes. Yeah, that's true. That's and true. then it's when that's it's then when she's outside that Sam that and Julia her. catch her out there. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. So all right, and I guess she was going to modify her plan at that point. Maybe make it weaker. See, now, here's what gets me is that that baby was there in the church, too. Oh, yeah. And that baby wouldn't have survived either. In fact, she even makes a point when she examines the pig. That's a newborn. It, you know, it wasn't strong enough to survive. But it doesn't require as many resources. Yeah, Exactly. So that's so, a bit of a balance there. Yeah, but she she was going to take out that baby without even a second thought. Yep, yep. So. Now, Jim's 
uh, when he gets caught kind of red-handed, though he doesn't really have any of the uh, virus, but uh, he is caught red-handed by uh, Sam and Julia, he talks about he is, is he needs to make the hard choice. He didn't make the hard choice with Pauline and putting her institu- in an institution. He convinced or she convinced him not to do it, and he thinks he should have. Mm-hmm. And he's looks like he's trying to make up for not having made that choice. Apparently, that seems to have been haunting him uh, all these years, yeah. and he 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 wishes he had taken that step. Uh, and of course, now that we've seen Pauline a bit. Uh, in the video and things like that, maybe she wasn't really nuts. Maybe that was just uh, she's just trying to cover for for the the, the visions she was seeing. But so, but this this is what seems to be driving Big Jim is I am I didn't make the hard choice back then, and since then you can kind of see the choices he's made throughout the first season and up into now into the second season where he is trying to be the guy who can make those tough choices and show at least himself that he can do it. Right. Cause I, I'm guessing that means he blames himself for her death. That may be part of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of sad. Yeah. So he's, he's kind of a, there's a, there's a bit of a, he's a, what's the word I'm looking for? He's a, a character that you can empathize with. A little bit. Uh, uh, yeah. Parts of him. Yes. I mean, yes. It, it isn't white hats and black hats. No, it's gray hats mm-hmm. all around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't see a lot of white hats. Uh, I do see a few black hats. Well, I think Phil thinks he wears a white hat because he was ready to escort, you know, and arrest uh, uh, Sam and, and Julia, you know, on the word of Big Jim. Hey, arrest these two. You know, okay. You know, it's like, yeah, oh, Phil, you're a DJ. Come on. Well, slow down. I'm not going to say anything about Phil right now, <laughs> but we'll talk about that next week, I guess. Um, so, yeah, gray hats all around, especially Big Jim. His is darker than normal, especially lately. Mm-hmm. But I think he is trying to make up for the fact that he didn't do the right thing, or at least he doesn't think he did the right thing back then. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I really, I feel bad for Junior as well, um, when he confronts Lyle later on in the episode, um, you know, saying that, you know, he doesn't really like what he is seeing in his dad. No. And he doesn't like what he saw in his mother or Lyle either. He feels like there's no, everyone has betrayed him. Everyone. Hmm. We'll get that. We'll get it. Yeah. We'll get there. Um, at the end of the episode, it is Sam who is staying in the house with Julia. Mm-hmm. And um, when Barbie comes to stay there, she's like, nope, sorry. Slam. Uh, yep. <laughs> Slam the door in his face. So poor guy gets rejected. <sighs> Who's on the wrong side of the door? <laughs> but then we see right at the very end, the little last, uh, last little kicker at the end here, is that Sam has got some wounds on his shoulder. Yep. Scratches. Yeah. And, and who think, had some stuff under her fingernails? Yes, indeed. We don't have DNA, but hey, you know, recent scratches about, oh, so wide based on the fingers. Yeah, that uh, that could be Angie's uh, yeah. wounds on him. So that uh, that is clearly the 
uh, clue that we're supposed to see. Yeah, that was the inference, at least. Now, why did he pull his shirt away <laughs> right then? You'd think he'd want to be, you know, keeping that shut in well, her did, presence. Well, hadn't she walked away? Oh, no, she, no, she did see that, didn't she? No, she had walked away. She'd walked she, away, yes. She turned away. But but he was hitting on her. Yes. Wouldn't he have had to take his shirt off to do something <laughs> with her? <laughs> or would he have, you know, left all his clothes on? <laughs> I don't know. Well, who knows? Yeah, but he was he was definitely leaning in for for the kiss, for the big <laughs> smackaroonie there. And then all of a sudden, you know, she Yeah, she she wasn't time. having any of that. Yes, indeed. So, well, it was okay to cheat on her husband that she didn't know was dead yet with Barbie, but it's not okay to cheat on her husband that she knows is dead with her husband's killer that she's only known a couple weeks and now she's mad at him. With the guy who killed Angie. Uh, carrying a torch for Barbie still. <laughs> Even though she shut the door on him. Yeah. So, okay. She has some threshold. <laughs> and I didn't, I wasn't real fond of uh, Big Jim almost calling her a name in this episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was not good. Do you think that that's why she stopped? That may have had an an impact. Yeah, I, I, I could I can see that. It may have, but I st I don't think she was particularly attracted to Sam. I I think she likes him at this point, but I think she still definitely has feelings for Barbie. And that brings us to And now, the Barbie of the week. Rejected Barbie. Comes with door to slam in his puppy dog eyes and sad downtrodden face, and a bed to sleep elsewhere. Potential girlfriend killer not included. This has been the Barbie of the week. Okay, we had a lot of uh, uh, ideas for the Barbie of the week, and we had a few uh, folks uh, submit some ideas and su submit yours too at uh, goldenspiralmedia.com/feedback. Yep, and our actual Barbie of the Week came from a listener. Yeah, yeah. We used some uh, some listener information in there. It was pretty cool. It was pretty, I kind of mixed a couple things in there. So uh, that could be you. All right, let's go to the B story here. We had some other things going on, a lot of things going on. Uh, we are trying to find the source of the Wi-Fi, and Barbie is with the kids going into uh, the school to try to figure out what was going on. And, of course, it's not there anymore. Okay, here's my deal. Barbie crystallized my thoughts from last week, right? Mm-hmm. Joe says, oh, hey, we got email. He's like, why didn't you tell me this? <laughs> and I said, right? <laughs> I said that right to my TV. <laughs> um, yeah, why didn't you tell him this? Why didn't you run to find him <laughs> and tell him this? Let's get this taken care of. Talk to people here. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, take me to where it was. And, you know, I think it's funny that, you know, he says here, this is what we got. And it was literally just the regular login screen yeah, well, to their and, windows pad. And, and, and he looks at it. It's like he gets the, you know, essentially the 404, you know, page. Right. Nine, oh, this he... isn't the normal screen. Oh uh, yeah, it is actually, <laughs> it is what you would get if you weren't connected. But hey. And, and the thing too was, uh, was Melanie's, uh, you know, mentioning to Barbie that this was her 
locker in 1988. And again, I, he's surprised that nobody's told him that. And I'm thinking there was a time when they were thinking, well, we should keep the secret, you know, but why? They, they, nobody, nobody gave a good reason why it should be a secret. Kind of like some of the things about the mini dome, those kinds of things. Everybody keep a secret. Nobody yeah. can really say exactly why nobody else should know, you know. No, in fact, Barbie has seen plenty of weird stuff. Why wouldn't they confide in him? At this point, yeah, absolutely. I would say, look, I know a lot of weird crap has been going down, and we got more. You want to hear it? <laughs> and, you know, what else is Barbie going to say? But, yeah, lay it on me. Uh, so, we yeah, think, and then... We think she died in 88. Right, and then just... Well, they didn't know that yet. He helped them research that, oh, yeah, but, yeah. hey, we found her in this yearbook from 1988. And she knows the combination to the locker that where Angie was killed. Now, if they thought there might have been some reason she was tied up in Angie's murder, I could see them maybe keeping it from him. But they had already proved that she had nothing to do with it. So there was no real reason to keep it from him. In fact, there was every reason to include him in it. Um, Now, not back when Joe was blurting stuff out that could have hurt them. Now there was a reason to tell Barbie and Joe was like, no, no, keep it away. (laughs) (laughs) No, tell him. (laughs) Tell him about the email. There's there's a time when loose lips sink ships and there are, there's a time to tell somebody about the leak. Right. Yeah. Tell, tell him about everything now. Uh, Barbie's on your side. I mean, at this point, if they can't tell him something, then there's nothing to tell. I mean, he's he's proven himself over and over and over again to them. Yeah, he's the good guy. Right. They did not see an apparition of him with stab wounds. Exactly. And all he's ever done with them is help them. Yeah. Ever. So they have to just go with their gut and tell him. And the funny part is they... You know, Nori convinces him, put that away, put that away. And then not five seconds after they discuss the, the email thing, that you know, she's opening the locker and and they're telling him about the fact that she was in the in the yearbook in nineteen eighty eight. I mean, mm-hmm. what was the point of putting away the yearbook if they were just gonna tell him like Well, I don't think they were planning on it. She just opens the uh the the locker and it kind of forces her hand. So but yeah, guess, it, it just seemed like yeah. What's what? What's why, the point of? <laughs> if you if you got questions, why not talk to somebody yeah. who might be able to help you come up with an answer? And he finally does. They start going to the uh, the newspaper office. Right. It wasn't ours. It was the Chester's Mill. No, no, it's it's our competitors. It was the, because that you know is across town. But yep. they start going through microfilm, and I, I liked you know the jokes about you know <laughs> it's like I don't know the internet of the forties or something like that, but. Uh, <laughs> And they uh, finally find uh, the article about her vanishing without a trace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a different. That's a different. Uh, different uh, show. Different show. Yep. <laughs> but she came from Zenith. We, get, we kind of reestablished that you know, this week. Same mm-hmm. as Barbie, and um, they find her address, and they want to go to her old house, which you know it's been you know what twenty five years or so. It might be somebody else there. You'd think. And they did bring that up. Yes. There might be someone else there. 
And there might have been someone else there. But they, it, yeah. And they, I guess they, they were... They just might have been out of town. Well, or... here's the thing. What, what, what was interesting is that they had... Now, I don't know. Some, some, some places do that. In my house, sometimes the kids walk out the door and the stuff's still sitting on the table, you know, so they had right. the food still sitting out and they had bailed out of there. Right. I, I think that might... We might come back to that. I don't know. Uh, it, sure. se- it seems significant that they would... That all this food is left out from breakfast and... Everybody just bailed out. I know. Hey, I gotta go. You know, run to school. Right. I gotta do, you know, maybe, maybe that's what they're going for. But maybe there was something else. Sure. I'm. I'm thinking we'll hear more about that, especially since they took note of it. Yeah, oh, that's again. True. Yeah. It's that Chekhov's gun thing. You know. I'm showing you the gun. I'm exactly. showing you the. Uh, hey, the look! There's eggs. food out on the table. Point. Point. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So. Um. And Melanie says something about all I feel is sad. And mm-hmm. I'm, tr- you know, the things that she's remembering, the combination lock, um, the, she knows a little bit about the house. She has these sad feelings. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, and I'm going to get to this later in, in uh, our prediction section, but I, you know, we're kind of fleshing out the character here. She gets these feelings. She knows, she just knows a little bit, but not mm-hmm. everything. And she's trying to learn more about herself. And it sounds like, um, you know, that sounds like, well, like I said, I'll, I'll get to that a little later when we talk about predictions. But but it's in, it's interesting that she is just knowing a little bit here and there. Yeah, I think, um, as I said last week, I think some of this is kind of like muscle memory. If she really is like the real Melanie mm-hmm. brought back to life, I'm thinking it's that muscle memory stuff. Like when she sees something, she's... Um, remembering the stuff that she would just know without thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And they decide to go, she remembered seeing a, a particular window, pink stars mm-hmm. falling, uh, not not rising like we saw at the end of last season, actually falling to a certain place in the forest. And the gang figures out that this is the same place where the mini dome was, the center of the actual mm-hmm. dome. Yep. So, so this was whenever that stuff came down. Well, yeah, it was a meteor, which mm-hmm. was interesting, I guess. And, and and when they go and actually find it, it's kind of a glowing pinkish purplish kind of thing. It was a geode. Oh, that's is that the official term? Yeah, it was a crystal thing. With the in crystals the middle, coming with the rock out. Of, yeah. Outside. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Geode. Yeah, already. Okay. Sorry, and, I'm just a nerd. And there's your uh, word of the day. And they get to the spot where the actual mini dome was, and Melanie all of a sudden starts seeing a movie. (laughs) Well, hello. Let me stand on this one spot, and all my memories will come back. Yeah, that that was a little bit of a convenience to get the get the story told there. Yeah, interesting story though. Looks like Sam and Melanie, and uh. Pauline and Lyle mm-hmm. were they well, they go out to find this thing. I guess they all saw it come down. So mm-hmm. we got four people, Sam, Melanie, Pauline, and Lyle. Four hands, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And uh, they go out to the meteor and they see it's broken open and that egg that we saw uh, that uh, Julia had dumped into the lake, there's that egg again. Mm-hmm. Um... And it's got the same little 
it had pinkish the stars, stars on it. thing on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, you know, so it seems to me like whoever, and I'm, I've started to call them the Dome Masters, whoever <laughs> the Dome Masters are. And you mean the monarchs, right? The well, the, the people that are supposed to protect the egg. No, I'm thinking the people who put the dome, uh, you know, on us. Oh, here. oh, oh. Those people, or wh- whoever they the, are, that that th- whatever person or group or whatever. Okay. They have been interacting with our little town here for quite some time since yeah. at least 1988. That may I don't know if that's the first time something happened as far as back as you know as far as backstory goes. That's the farthest back we've got so far. Right. So it sounds like we. So about thirty years or so. Yeah, it's the same. You know, it's the same egg uh, that was in the mini dome. Mm -hmm. Did we ever establish what happened to the egg after uh, Melanie was uh, knocked into the crater and and uh, apparently dies? Well, I am assuming, and you know what happens when you assume. Um, But since we found it in the mini dome, which was buried. That's um, true. Yeah, it was kind of into the dirt, right? It was buried with her. I'm, and again, I'm just guessing there. And here's here's how I thought about it. She was knocked into the hole with the geode and the egg, and and she was dead. And they buried her, or at least that's what we assume happened. And they just, you know, buried everything down in there, and then. When the dome came down on the town, then the mini dome was pushed up and the egg was inside there and the chrysalis. And then the chrysalis opened and the, the new four hands came onto the dome and it opened. The egg came out. Julia took the egg, threw it into the lake, and that's when Melanie came back out and was reborn. From the lake itself, yeah. Yeah. And the egg or the chrysalis or whatever. Um, so I'm just guessing it stayed with wherever Melanie was. Okay. That, that, that kind of makes sense, too. And I'm wondering, too, if the like the butterfly that was in the mini dome had gotten caught in it when the, when the mini dome was created. That's how it got there in mm, the first place. Or Maybe. Now, it did some really weird things at the end, uh, near the end of the uh, first season where it's uh, like bouncing off the inside of the mini dome and making and it black. And made those black marks. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if that's, I don't think a normal monarch does that. Um, no, but you know, there sometimes you can get um, powder on your hands when you touch a yes. butterfly. Mm-hmm. So there is some inky sort of stuff on there, but I don't think it's, it'd do that to a dome. Mm-hmm. It's not that much at all. So, so to me, it's just sounding more. Like space aliens at this point, yeah. That's where I kind of you know the meteor. The meteor really, really kind of cemented that uh, idea in for me that there's some folks uh, out there looking there's, down on us. Yeah, it's it's, and the fact that it's natural, it's not a like a metal satellite. Yes, of some sort. Well, I mean, it is a metal satellite, but it's not a technically. It's not a man-made, man-made satellite. Correct. Um, it's a. It's a natural satellite. Um. <laughs> and then at the end, Barbie digs up where the meteor I- meteorite is, and we, we find it there, as well as Melanie's necklace. Mm-hmm. And I think her body's under there. Well, they think her body should be under there from finding her necklace. They didn't do anything. They didn't find, find anything. Yeah. 
Well, they say, here's the deal. We were all tweeting Monday night, and I'm so happy you joined in. <laughs> that was so much fun. Um, and one of the things I said was, Joe said, your body's down there. <laughs> and one of the things I said was, Barbie must be saying, I only dug a couple of inches. <laughs> Not very so, far. Yeah. They, very they shallow grave. Yeah, they didn't really conclude that her body was down there yet. Uh, so, yeah, I'm thinking they'll assume she's down there. The necklace would have been around her neck. When she went down there, yeah. Right, so if he gets so, it, and have not, not having dug up a body, maybe her body's not there. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I see, okay. So her body might not be down there anymore. I gotcha. So we don't know. We I don't mean, know. some it's something definitely supernatural has happened. So... Th her body may not be there. Her remains could be completely missing hmm. from there. Again, I'm I'm simply extrapolating. Um, I can't imagine that her remains would be there and her real body would be standing on top of it. You've watched uh, Resurrect. Uh Resurrection, right? Yes. Okay. I know. I know there's remains <laughs> and a body. But the... Resurrection's different. Different. Whole different story. It is. Alrighty. And we had more than just an A and a B story. We had an actual C story this week where James takes Lyle out to the diner and he wants to get some information about his mom. He, well, he takes him in, in handcuffs uh, and he brings him to the diner and he's got, he, he's got some uh, picture postcards, Lyle does, uh, that Pauline had been sending him. And Was that the diner? I believe that was in the diner. I think later it wasn't on the barber shop was it, or was that later? Oh, you may be right. You may be right. I, I wrote down diner. Maybe I it was it was just some. I didn't catch that. I didn't. I wasn't sure either. But when you said diner just now, I went. Hmm. It was very bright for the diner. Yeah. The diner why would he go there? Dark. Because he would have the he would keep those things like where he works or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I good. think it was the barber shop. Okay, it's been a while. I I've got you know, it's my, it's all right. my mind is going. I days. wasn't sure either. But it was <laughs> it was very bright in there. But at least he's got picture postcards painted by Pauline of uh things that are going to happen. Yeah. And and the more I thought about it, I was thinking, you know, I may have be maybe I've been a little hard on Lyle. You know, he's going nuts. He's talking, he's really going, like I said last week, the full Armageddon here. But yeah. at the same time, he's been, he was receiving these postcards from Pauline. Now, these paintings, he has no idea what's going on. But then in the last two weeks, he's been watching those images unfold and come true yeah. over and over and over again. Might and, make you a little crazy too, right? Yeah, I can kind of, see, I can kind of... Uh, understand him now. He's 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 seen all this, and he sees essentially prophecy unfolding before him. Exactly. Uh, okay. Uh, maybe he still went a little overboard, but he was pushed. You know. <laughs> sure. Sure. And he's in love with this woman. You can clearly see yes. he's in love with Pauline, and now he's cut off from her, except for these pictures. Right. And he wants the sketchbook and the, the journal so that he can, you know, again, even more be connected to her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was interesting that he, he said that Pauline thought she had to get out while she could. Not sure exactly uh, uh, you know, what she was trying to get away from, but 
He says that she may have thought uh, thought the dome might follow her. Yeah. So she knew about a dome, but she thought that maybe it was it was it was not so much a Chester's Mill thing, but a Pauline thing. Yeah, and it looks like maybe she saw Junior James under the dome, but she I'm guessing she thought it was with her. Yeah, could be. And then she left so that they would be separated. Now, one of the things that you and I had talked about is how could she have left her son behind? And I guess that would be a valid reason. Because she, she thought that by leaving, she would save him from being under the dome. Right. But now it's not such fake, a great Fake choice. her death, too, so that it doesn't, it's not as as a, a difficult a, a revelation for him. Well, so that he's not tempted to go and find her. Yes. That's, yeah, and I'm, be mm-hmm. under a dome. Mm-hmm. But, of course, didn't really. Didn't quite turn out that way. Didn't work. It kind of backfired, <laughs> as it were. Now I, I I'm I'm like to and maybe your listeners out there can uh, give us a hand with this. The timeline would be very interesting. It sounds like after she left, the postcards were coming. Yes. To Lyle. She yes, did, so she didn't trust Big Jim either. No. Oh no. But the paintings, I, the paintings see, were they before that? Yes, they were when she was living at home. So she was painting things, and some of those things she was painting were not the future, because we know that they saw those stars. Yes, yes, they actually did come down, you know, the, the meteorite in 88. Right, and maybe the picture that Junior thought was himself was Sam or Lyle. Ah. So those pictures that they found in the house were of her in the past, but the postcards and the other stuff were her seeing into the future. And that was from the experience they had around that geode. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so that's where she's getting all her visions from. And, and that's just what I'm taking from all this. And then he, uh, they're looking for the, the diary or the journal or the scrapbook or whatever. Mm. And uh, Lyle gives uh, James a, a nice uh, crack in the head or something like that, grabs the diary and hits mm. the road. Yeah. So we have not seen the last of him. We were thinking that maybe this was the last week for Lyle, but maybe just the last week for a little while. A little while then, Lyle. <laughs> yeah. That was a bit of a surprise that he would do that. Yeah. I mean, I mean he was really it. desperate. And, and I, it didn't seem like Junior was going to let him... He still didn't uh, quite trust him. No, um, I I knew there was a mistrust there, but I thought that they had come to some mutual understanding that, you know, I would never hurt you because I'm in love with your mother sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And now that I've confided in you that maybe we can work together to figure this out. But he got the, the sketchbook and whew, off he went. Um, yeah, that was... A little surprising there. Well, so it certainly keeps the the sketchbook out of uh, the the sight of anybody to see. And the I was thinking, 
Well, if those picture postcards are talking about the future, what's the next card after the rain? Well, it turns out that this is the last one. The rain, uh, the red rain was the last one. Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, how convenient. Uh, it would have been nice to get a little bit of a hint of next week, but... Yeah, and that was, of course, uh, prophetic, being as that was his vision as well of the red rain. Yes, yes, that's, that's true, yes, with the uh, zenith snow globe. Mm-hmm. And that all ties back into Melanie as well, So and his mother. It's all tying together. I love it when plot lines come together. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, we are up to our obituary section, and uh, as we mentioned before, we've we, there's a few, you know, here and there at the beginning, but apparently we're gonna have a lot more later on. But right now, we have to talk about a couple of folks who have uh, bit the dust. One of them is Melanie Cross. Uh, she she died in this episode, although it was in a flashback in 1988. One thing I did notice, her last name is Cross, and she apparently died and rose again. Mm. So we are really laying on the religious overtones thick this week. Definitely. And we had the good religious people and the bad religious people. So at least it was more balanced. Yeah. Which is a good thing. And we also had, I guess we're going to call him Little Piglet. Yep. He sacrificed himself. For so what, that, Re- what Rebecca would call the good of the town. <laughs> so that Rebecca could hatch, hatch as it were, <laughs> her plan. <laughs> Sorry. And then all the other pigs died so that they could save the town. They could save the town, yeah. So yeah. We, had, uh, we had a few deaths there, and they were significant deaths. They weren't like, you know, the, the monarch uh, larva, you know, from a couple of weeks ago. No, these, these actually had uh, plot points assigned to them. So, yes, we they had did. a couple of obituaries there. Okay. Yep. They weren't Chekhov's guns. <laughs> they were not they Chekhov's were not. pigs. No, <laughs> Chekhov's Farmer pigs. Farmer Chekhov, here's my pigs. <laughs> no, they they actually did turn the plot. So, And were... now we are going to talk about some uh, some foreshadowing predictions, some things we've seen here that we think... Yeah, might be coming up. This is not; these are not spoilers. That's later. These are just kind of predictions that we have here. My prediction, as I was watching the episode, was that Melanie Melanie Cross is not the actual Melanie, but I think she might be a recreation by, as I referred to before, the Dome Masters. <laughs> uh, they've had her hand, their hands in uh, events in Chester's Mill since at least 1988. And the current dome that we've got is just the latest and maybe the last part of their plan to save the town. So I'm thinking that they are bringing Melanie, you know, that this is really their, not so much an apparition as um, Alice was before and and, uh, and Big Jim, but, and, and Dodie and things like that. But I think this is a, a, but it's still generated by them. They have created her. She shows up where the egg was dropped in the lake. So I, as I said, I'm thinking this has something to do. She, she, she didn't die in the lake. She died in the forest. So that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's my thought. Now it's their plan to save the town, but clearly from what we have no idea. Exactly. Again, that is the bigger mystery here, isn't it? Absolutely. What is their plan? Do they have a plan <laughs> or did it just land there by accident? Or are they just, you know, winging it as they go along? Who knows? 
Okay, what do you got for us? So I do have a few questions, and mine are just sort of, uh, I'm wondering if these are foreshadowing things. Um, I'm wondering, there, there seems to be some sort of a link they're hinting at between Melanie and Barbie, Dale Barbara. Um, she seems to recognize him from, from Zenith. Um, they've mentioned it a couple times. So are they relatives? You know, does she recognize him as like, um, a son of her uncle? Like she sees her uncle in him or something, you know, does she, or just someone that she knew in Zenith? Um, like, does she know her, his dad? Um, I don't know. So I'm, there has to be some connection. They've, they've 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 brought it up enough times. Right. They've mentioned it at least twice. And I think maybe three times. So and in this episode she said, I knew I knew I saw you from somewhere. You know, it, she she says it in this one. And she mentioned it a couple other times too. Um and that that whole zenith thing, they just keep hammering that very lightly into our heads. I I actually tweeted a picture of that snow globe on Monday night. Um just to when they mentioned people. Zenith, yeah. Um, and also, one of the things I was thinking of, because we saw at the end of the episode, well, one of the things I said is people were like, I knew it was Lyle when they were saying that Lyle was the killer um, oh. at the end of the episode. And I was like, uh, no, there's more than five minutes left. He's not the killer. And uh, lo and behold, before that five minutes was up, we saw that Sam had the scratches on his shoulder, and I was like, ha-ha. Keep watching until the credits roll. Keep <laughs> That's right. watching. It's always a red herring if there's still five minutes left. That is <laughs> that is one of my things. Um, is a red herring a microfish? <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. It, only if it's a mini red herring. <laughs> um, so what I'm thinking is, is that Sam maybe for some reason is trying to kill off all the modern hands either as a cover for his past crimes, you know, to cover up the fact that he killed Melanie or for some other reason. Um, he obviously, you know, he went to Lyle and he said, you know, we had to keep that buried. And he obviously means Melanie. Literally. Right? To keep it buried. And we thought at the time it was about the fact that, that Pauline was still alive. Right. But he doesn't know about Pauline. Um, so it was literally Melanie. And I'm guessing that Lyle was keeping Pauline hidden from Sam as well because he's a murderer. Uh-huh. Hmm. Now, why doesn't Lyle say something about Sam to the town? Because of Angie. Because he knows that Sam is a murderer. Does he know that Sam had anything to do with Angie? I don't, I doubt it, but he, he knows that he's capable of murder. Well, was it murder? I, I, the impression I got, it was, they were, the flashbacks were so flashy. Yeah. That I wasn't sure if it it's was a. It's just kind of a mistake. Yeah, I just thought it was a, an accident. Like he was trying to grab some, grab the egg from her or something, and he actually knocked her into the, uh, the yeah. pit. She hit her head in the geode and poof. Yeah. You know, so I, but they made a deal. I mean, he's talking to Lyle in the jail and he says, I thought we made a deal that we'd never talk about what we buried, what we, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So there was actually some sort of a, a pact that they made between, and I'm guessing the three of them. Yeah, I would think so. That they would never talk about Melanie. And now Melanie's back. And, and Pauline has some reason to uh, to distrust Sam because she's only saying talk to Lyle. Exactly. Because there was that group before, but not, but she's not, uh, she's, she doesn't want anybody talking to Sam. Right. So it must have been Sam that pushed her in. It must have been. It couldn't have been Lyle. Right? Yeah, I don't think so. I think, I think you're right. I, I, like I said, it was, it was very fast. I didn't quite catch it, but by process of elimination in terms of how people are trusting each other, it sounds I'm like it was Sam. I'm guessing it was Sam. So I'm thinking that Sam is trying to do something to the modern hands as a cover for his past crimes, or there was something in that locker that proved that he killed Melanie. Now, so what was in that locker? And it was Melanie's locker, as we found out. Mm -hmm. um, what was in there that showed that he killed Melanie all of a sudden. So Melanie comes out of the lake. Okay. She went to the school, Melanie. Mm -hmm. Did she put something in that locker and then he had to go and take it back out? Oh. Or, or at least she saw it because it had been maybe it locked and she was able to open it up and whoever the killer was was maybe. able to get it out. Well, it was, we, I'm pretty sure it was Sam. And of course, you know, we saw that that Angie followed her there. So something happened there. She was wandering around the town. She went to the to the school. school. She opened up the locker because the locker was open when Angie was there. She either put something in it or looked in it. And then Died Sam Sam came upon it. Yeah, saw whatever was in there. Saw that Angie saw it and killed Angie. So either he's trying to cover up his crimes by killing the hands or was covering up for whatever was in the locker. Alrighty. So there's my theory. That's our theories. We welcome yours. Mm -hmm. And speaking of yours, let's get to the letters to the editor now. This is your section of the paper. We want to thank uh, all you listeners who retweet our stuff and favorite it. And we, we see all that. It's wonderful. I was just telling uh, Karen before we started, I've, I've not had this much activity in my uh, Twitter feed uh, in terms of, you know, people retweeting me or sending me stuff uh, ever. <laughs> and this, <laughs> this past uh, episode was, was a really big, uh, a really big one. So I got a lot of, thank you folks. Um, there was a couple of folks who gave me ideas for Barbies of the Week while we were doing that. Sometimes I will tweet out a, uh, a Barbie of the Week potential. And um, Barb, whose uh, uh, who's Twitter handle is Tangier14, she said, uh, and I used part of what I used actually her, her stuff as well as some of the a combination of things that I had already come up with. I had things like janitor Barbie with a crowbar and a few other things. But she said, uh, rejected Barbie, you know, comes with puppy dog size and a sad downtrodden look. Potential girlfriend killer not included. I loved it. I used it. If I like yours, I'll use it. If we if we have a, uh, if I ha if we kind of, on, if she was on the same wavelength, I, th I missed her rejected Barbie tweet 
before I tweeted mine out. So again, and she's the one who talked about uh, missing the fact that I didn't say letters to the editor of the first episode. So <laughs> yeah. great minds again, thinking alike. All righty. Yep. And then Bonita, whose Twitter handle is Yoga Bon, her Barbie of the Week, it was kind of a... Um, uh, it was kind of a description of Barbie this week, and that was he's kind of the new Fred of the Scooby Doo gang. Yep, I love he just, that. He needs the little ascot. That's yeah. <laughs> so. Then the question is, who's Shaggy, Velma, and uh, mm. oh, oh, for crying out loud, Velma and da- Daphne. Uh, Daphne, yes, of course. Daphne. Golly. Well, Nori would be Daphne, obviously. Oh, okay, yes. Um, very snarky. Not the prettiest girl in the town. I mean, pretty, but not the prettiest. Melanie is the super pretty, um, so she would be. No, wait. So oh, Melanie would be Melanie, Daphne. Daphne, and and uh, Nori, Nori would, would be, be Velma. Velma. Right. Joe would probably be Shaggy. Shaggy. He would. And he all would we need stupid. is a dog to run run around with him. Well, we had a dog. What happened to that dog? Oh, maybe uh, maybe he's been called already. Oh, man. That's not right. Now I'm depressed. All we need Where's... now is the last episode of Under the Dome being wait, some wait, guy wait. going out and saying, and I'd have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for you meddling kids. Jill could be the dog, and Ben is Shaggy. <laughs> Where's Ben? I know. We got to find Ben again. He was Ben great. would be a perfect Shaggy. <laughs> he would be. Okay, we had some uh, folks bring in audio feedback, a couple of them this week. Thank you so much. You can go to goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback. You can type in your stuff, which some people did, but you can also use SpeakPipe to record an audio clip. And uh, Andrew in Montreal held up a, I don't know, a, a CD player with his uh, with the speakers or something like that, or an iPod up to the, his microphone, and he recorded this for us. And that is Mr. Peter Gabriel. Peter Gabriel's Red Rain. Thank you very much about last week's uh, acid rain and uh, red water falling in the lines. That's right. And uh, and we had a guest editorial from Jesse, my good friend Jesse. Uh, he is at JWJ170104. Rebecca is very evil. He's very snarky, by the way, so I hope you get that in my tone. Rebecca is very evil. At first, I thought it was strange that a high school science teacher would be so aggressively evil. But here is my theory. She's so frustrated by the lack of respect and pay given to teachers that she's decided to have her revenge on this new world under the dome. If this was a different kind of show, I would think she's really an alien or a demon in human form. Loving the podcast, great insight, and as to be expected, wonderful humor. And Jesse's the one that you tweet back and forth with during the uh during the no, episodes no kyle is the one i oh, do that kyle, with. okay jesse is actually my co-podcaster on the castle podcast i do and also the new beyond the farscape podcast well I i'm do. glad he watches <laughs> under the dome as well he does yes we had another feedback from justina now actually we got two from justina and she has she's uh, going to introduce herself as the chester's mill gazette's investigative reporter and we need one to keep up with the Scooby gang. And uh, this is her first feedback about uh, a suspect she has eliminated in Angie's murder. We'll have more on her a little later. 
Hi, this is Justina, investigative reporter for the Chester's Mill Gazette. I've officially eliminated Lyle as a suspect for killing Angie. Junior loved Angie, and Lyle loved Pauline. I don't think that Lyle would take away Junior's love due to Lyle's love for Pauline. Yes, I realize that in this episode, Lyle hit Junior over the head, but I think that was just to steal the journal, because he believes the journal contains a secret that will get him back to his love, Pauline. The symbol of the door with the red over it, I think, does symbolize safety. And with all the crazy things going on under the dome, I'm starting to believe that the only safe place is outside the dome. And possibly Pauline had a premonition about how to get out of the dome. And Lyle wants to use the journal to follow the clues to find the only door to get out of the dome and back to his love, Pauline. I will continue to investigate this as we go along. So this is Justina, investigative reporter. Thanks, Justina. The, the image she was talking about, we'd seen in a, uh, I think I saw in a, in a screenshot elsewhere. It's kind of a red background and a blue door opening. But above the door was, I believe, the number of the locker that mm-hmm. was Melanie Cross's. So it's clearly, you know, a, a clue that this is a door to something more than just an empty locker. Yeah, I wasn't quite sure what it meant. It because it seemed to mean something to Lyle. Yes, uh, he, re- he really uh, more more than just the locker. He really uh, so. hung on to that. Yeah, as a uh, as a maybe a, a a ray of hope. Yeah. So I'm not sure what that means beyond it just being the locker, but it definitely did. Well, Barb sent in a uh, uh, another uh, rather lengthy. Uh, letter to the editor here. I'm going to run right through it, and we'll uh, talk about it right afterwards. But here's what she said. Hello, Karen and Doug. This is Barb, a.k.a. Tangier14, your political cartoon lampoonist, submitting my latest report on the Chester's Mill political scene. And wow, what a scandal we have cooking this week. Local leaders attempt to poison town with swine flu-infested water. Okay, this can't really happen, can it? If Dr. Science can incubate swine flu in eggs to knock off the town, she'd be a research genius. Maybe the CDC has an opening for her when she emerges from domedom. I'm afraid Big Jib had a big disappointment when he realized Dr. Science was using him, and not in the way of which he had been dreaming. Perhaps they can make up while they're incarcerated, before they are pardoned by the town. If Barbie, the alleged murderer, can escape the gallows, their prison stay should be shorter than serving scrambled eggs and bacon for breakfast at the local diner. (laughs) I'm not sure who wrote that obituary for Crazy Lake Chick back in 1988, but I think we're going to need a retraction, unless she is the latest version of Alien Alice, which would actually be an interesting development. I did note that in 1988, we had four kids, two boys and two girls, one set of brother and sister, and two sets of couples. And now history is repeating itself, with one important change. Sister number one only faked her death, and the other girl died in 1988. But... In 2013, the sister actually died. Maybe there will be a third dome before this is all over. By the way, I think we need to check the Zenith Town records because I'm guessing we will find a blood connection between Crazy Lake Chick and Barbie. Perhaps brother and sister? Hmm? (laughs) Something. Speaking of blood and crazy, 
Why Pauline would ever trust Lyle is beyond me. It seems that Sam, Pauline, and Junior all inherited the crazy gene, but with Lyle, and some of the other townsfolk for that matter, I'm thinking there may be something else in the water. <laughs> well, Julia said she had bad judgment when it came to relationships, and I have to agree. The writers want us to think that Sam is the high school, t high school hacker. He asked at the beginning of the episode if Angie's killer had been identified with the DNA under her nails and then ended with the lovely scratch marks. Maybe one of the pigs got him instead? The killer <laughs> is probably Lyle since the actor needs to hit the road and plug his new album. <laughs> and finally, we saw poor Barbie not even able to retrieve his clothes from the love shack. I was surprised that Lyle slash Dwight wasn't crooning sad, sad music in the background. And she <laughs> says, look that one up. That's the report for this week. I need to stock up on bottled water and toss out some eggs. Yeah. Barb. <laughs> I like that idea. Now, she thinks the killer is probably Lyle. Our investigative reporter, Justina, thinks it's probably Sam. I will, we'll get to that later. I mean, it's, 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 she, she's eliminated Lyle. But, uh, but, you know, so there's there's we've got competing ideas here. I like that. Uh, the idea of Barbie and Melanie being brother and sister. Now, that would be interesting. I think Barbie would know. You would think he would remember something like that. I mean, unless they're brother and sister that he didn't know about. Huh? Like they were separated. Could happen, could happen. Well, she would be older than him. Uh, Well, older than him from 1988. As of 19 She would be older than him. Because she would be in her 40s. Oh, at this point, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she would definitely be, like, what, 15 years older than him-ish? Something like that. Yeah, so they could be not knowing about each other. Well, that I don't would know. That would be interesting to see how that I, uh, works out. I think they might be related. Might be. There's some sort of a relation. There's some kind of connection there, yeah, that they right. keep bringing up, yeah. Now, one of the things that she said that sparked in me when we were tweeting on Monday, we were talking about the CDC. <laughs> and uh, Kyle, the guy that we tweet with, uh, that we tweeted with, I introduced you to Kyle, um, was saying something about the CDC. And I said, well, let's hope that the CDC <laughs> takes her <laughs> the way that, they did in The Walking Dead because the CDC blows up in The Walking oh. Dead. <laughs> so <laughs> I I kind of agree with you, Barb. <laughs> let's let's make that happen. <laughs> we shall see. <laughs> yeah, a lot of good a uh, lot of good stuff for uh, fodder for uh, you know predictions and all that sort of thing. This is this is this is the episode so far for something like that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Lots and lots and lots of things. Okay, we have part two of Justina's investigative report. This is where she has her prime suspect now. I've given it away a little bit, but I think it was a pretty much foregone conclusion based on what we've been saying so far. Here's Justina. Hi, this is Justina, investigative reporter for the Chester's Mill Gazette. My prime suspect for the murder of Angie is Sam due to the scratches on his shoulder that are approximately a finger width apart. Since Sam is related to Pauline... Does that mean he also has fugue states in which he does things that he doesn't have complete control over and, and cannot remember? 25 years ago, he was a hand, and his girlfriend Melanie was the monarch, 
and he may have hurt her, does he also have premonitions like Pauline does? Did he have a premonition that if he killed Angie, it would give Melanie her power back? 25 years ago, was he grabbing for the egg from Melanie because he himself wants to be the monarch? I'm not really sure, but I'm going to continue to investigate this line. And I am very worried for Julia, as she is the current monarch, and what kind of plans does Sam have for her? Mm. I thought that was a very good uh, a thought about, does Sam have the same sort of fugue states and or premonitions that Pauline has? That, that That's a great observation. And could that have been what was going on with the death of, um, of Angie? Oh, well, except for I think he knows what happened. Yeah, we haven't had him at least make a claim about that yet. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I think he's much more menacing than he's let on. Yeah. But that's just me. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, but I like that. I like that uh, that possibility there. That maybe I do. He did not know what was go- what is happening. He may not know where he got these scratches from. You know, it's like oh. I agree. The, again, I'm just saying that's my take on it. He could also have some weird walking nightmare things going on. So, so we there shall we go. see. Yes, absolutely. Go ahead and talk to us about what Corey said. Yes, Corey sent us a note as well, and he says, "Hi, guys." Corey here from Local Film and Entertainment. So we have an entertainment reporter this oh, week. Oh, right. Yes, indeed. And he says tonight's double feature is Soylent Green, followed by Outbreak. And, and that's and, something Barbie said. Boy, I hope if it gets too bad, yep. we aren't on the menu. Yeah. I got that reference just now. <laughs> followed by Outbreak, which starred, of course, the very young Patrick Dempsey as the Outbreak victim. Ooh. <laughs> um, Times may vary based on employees off sick and stocks of popcorn. very cute Corey. and so if you want to leave some feedback for us your letters to the editor whether they be audio or textual remember our deadline is wednesday at 6 p.m eastern time you can call 304-837-2278 that's 30 i verb crud (laughs) that's the best i could do this week not too many words that you know are in these uh, in this particular phone number. Thirty I verb crud. Thank you. Or the best place to go is goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback. That's where the speak pipe thing is, where Justina came in and also uh, uh, Andrew. And also uh, you can type in there or you can even upload if you don't want to use speak pipe, you can upload your own audio file. Record yourself and upload it there. You can tweet us, and especially during the episode, I'm at Doug Payton, P-A-Y-T-O-N, and she is at Aleveria, A-L-E-V-E-R-I-A, and we generally use the hashtag UTDGazette, one Z, two Ts. No spaces. No spaces. No, 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 no. That's right. Or you can become a fan of Golden Spiral Media on Facebook, and there's all kinds of things about all the different podcasts that GSM is putting out. One for Extant, one for Arrow, one for, uh, they're going to do one for The Flash, a bunch of them. So mm-hmm. uh, it's it's just exploding over there. So just, yep. you know, that's what the rumbling is. And a very cool little podcast called Stuff I Learned Yesterday. Yes, a daily podcast from uh, the main man himself, Daryl Darnell. Some really nice stuff. Okay, for those of you who don't want to hear spoilers, 
this is the place where we say, turn the page, close the book, we're done. Yep. We'll see you next week. Uh, glad to have you along. But now, here come the here comes the weather forecast. Here are the spoilers. Three, two, one. Okay, we've given you enough time to stop the podcast if you don't want to hear it. Here to be spoilers, my men. So next week, episode five is reconciliation. And the blurb is as follows. Julia takes over as the leader of Chester's Mill after the town becomes divided in the wake of Big Jim and Rebecca's plans for population control. Meanwhile, Joe and Nori help Melanie search for more, more clues about her identity at the Dome Wall on Under the Dome. Monday, July 28th, 10 p.m., 11 p.m. Uh, Central. Sorry. So 10 p.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Central. Something on the like CBS Television Network. Um, and the cheat tweet, just so you guys know, this is the little shortened version of that. So if you do, you know, too long, didn't read. Big Jim's out, Julia's in, can she succeed as the town leader? The cheat tweet. Now, who came up with that idea? No, that is, it comes directly from CBS. Okay. That's what they'll be tweeting on the night. <laughs> it was written by Catherine Humphreys and directed by Ed Ornelius. And it looks like Carolyn's going to be back. Um, Yay! She's the one surviving mother of Nori. Um, and Andrea, who is the meddling neighbor andrea grinnell she's she, uh, she knows this is everything yeah she is um what was the neighbor's name in bewitched oh yes <laughs> i don't she's know kind but of yeah, that, she's kind of that yeah yeah she's kind of that neighbor from bewitched um and of course melanie as the recurring cast and and we're gonna get a young pauline a young sam and a young lyle back next week oh, we're gonna guest. see a little more about 1988 yep it looks like it um so there's that and being as the um, San Diego Comic-Con panel happened this morning, we have a few tweets from there. And some of them spoiled a couple little things. So we so wanted to So that's why they're here. Oh, yes. Um, they're, they're not huge things, but, you know, we wanted to save them for now. So here's some tweets from Neil Bear. Um, he said, on killing characters, no one is safe under the dome. Last year, we had 16. Mm -hmm. um, he again said, one of our characters, guess who, might get out of the dome this season. He didn't say who. He just said, guess who. <laughs> <laughs> um, he also said, we have great adventures ahead. We've set it up so we can keep going. We have a lot of stories to tell. And then we will definitely find out what's in that locker this year. Whew. And his parting... <laughs> clip was uh, episode 7 clip has one character saying this no exactly he links to a little web page where you can click a button and you hear the Darth Vader version of it exactly we found that very humorous so <laughs> um, those are it, his tweets it's just a really bad uh, Star Wars moment it is. And it, it actually links to um, an Android app that you can download where you can just press a button. <laughs> it's Darth Vader yelling no. <laughs> Very funny. I use that in a meeting. So is this a good idea? Tap. No. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Oh, man. 
Um, uh, some more uh, Comic-Con folks from uh, Comic-Con tweets from some folks from the cast. Uh, Alexander Koch Jr. said more conflict and fighting. Attacking each other is coming later. Well, <laughs> He's so ominous. Uh, well, and, and obvious. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, duh. For a change? <laughs> Attacking each other? <laughs> well, that's different. <laughs> and Mike Vogel, who is Barbie, says we get come we get to come face to face with Barbie's father this year when we find out how he could have been a trust fund baby. Hmm. So he can buy his way out of the dome. Oh, that makes him even more attractive. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that terrible of me? Uh, well, listen, folks. If you are really interested in seeing some uh, some shots of next uh, next week's episode, there are some sneak peek videos from SpoilerTV.com that we have. There's three of them. Uh, I'm going to put them in the show notes. You'll be able to click on them and go and get all the spoilerish fun you want to do. So yep. if you like it, it'll be here. There were actually four, but one of them is just an expanded version of one. So I included the expanded version. And you will see why I said that little thing about Phil earlier. Oh. If you watch these spoilers. So. Okay. Well, now you're making me want to go see it. You should watch them. I will. You should. <laughs> if you don't want to be spoiled, don't watch them because there is some stuff in there that will probably have you a little spoiled <laughs> for that's, next week's episode. That's SpoilerTV.com. Exactly. You have been warned. Yeah, and you'll find out why Julia's in charge. That sounds like a name of a sitcom. Julia in charge. Julia's in charge of our day. Sorry, that's Charles. Charles, yes, thank you. Well, folks, we thank you so much <laughs> for getting this far in reading this issue of the Chester's Mill Gazette. And if I can say Chester's Mill Gazette, I would. Uh, I'm Doug asking you to keep your feet in the ground and keep reaching for the pink stars, just like Melanie and, and Casey Casey. Oh, Casey. And he did Shaggy's voice, by the way, for talking that about... That is true. Yes, I had such a crush on Shaggy until I found out it was Casey Kasem doing the voice. <laughs> um, and I'm Karen, and no matter what my mom may tell me, I am steering clear of country music singers. Chester's Mill Gazette is presented by Golden Spiral Media at goldenspiralmedia.com.